pretty much our entire wedding party really got to intimately know each other and play fun beach games and stuff like that. So by the time the wedding came up, everybody was so comfortable with each other. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome everybody to the show. I am so excited about this episode. It's going to be very special. There'll be a special announcement towards the end of the episode that you're not going to want to miss. My guests today are Hallie and Dayton Wiseman, and they are newlyweds, uh, remote workers, and very adventurous as a couple. They like to do things together. So Hallie and Dayton, uh, welcome. What's up? Glad to be here. Super excited. Hey, Roger. How's it going? I'm doing well. So, Hallie and Dayton, tell me what you crossed off your bucket list. Um, we were able to do a destination wedding. So you hosted a destination wedding. That's awesome. So all the way in Costa Rica. My- yeah, I was I was just about to ask. You know, <laughs> what's for you all? What's the what's the difference between a destination wedding and a traditional wedding? Well, uh, traditional weddings are typically hosted in the country that you live in. So destination wedding to us meant getting everyone's butts out of the country and into a different country. Okay. And so what was the, why was the drive to do that? I mean, yeah, we'll get to the expense part of it in a little bit, but to me and my first thing in my head was, oh my gosh, this has got to be expensive. Um, What was, why was there a big push for you two to like put a destination wedding instead of a traditional wedding on your bucket list? Well, fun fact, it's actually a little cheaper than doing it in the United States. Wow. Uh, We had picked Costa Rica. I mean, at first we were trying to go to Mexico. Um, Obviously, your dollar goes pretty far there. But uh, eventually we we chose Costa Rica just because we we found a wedding venue that we really loved. And the price was pretty reasonable for what we were getting. Um, But I'd say our our main motivation for trying to do a, a destination wedding was we wanted to get our friends and family to experience something that we really care about. Obviously, we met you um, hiking the Camino and travel is a, a big part of our lives. And so we wanted to really take in as many people as we could into an experience that would let them uh, know what it's like to, to travel. Yeah, so you're doing this in the middle of a pandemic, right? Right. Uh, and- and so what was, what were people's reactions when you first said, I mean, cause, cause your wedding was in February, 2022. And so you were probably sending out invitations and talking to people several months before that. What were people's reactions, family and friends that, that were, you were going to invite? Uh, how, how, what are they thinking? Was it an easy yes for people or did you have to spend time convincing them to do this? Um, a lot of wide eyes and, um, a lot of shocked looks. I would say that my friends were, were pretty receptive just because a lot of them have traveled before. Some of them haven't. Um, but a lot of it was, okay, that's really far out. You know, I'm a pre-planner. So I gave everyone <laughs> a very large heads up. Um, but 
but yeah, I was just like, you know, hopefully this is far enough in advance that you can plan for this. And I understand that COVID is a thing. I understand that, you know, maybe babies are a thing or what have you, but life gives you curveballs and you just plan for what you can and hopefully make it happen. So I want to talk about the planning aspect of it, but I'd like to go back and talk about what Dayton said earlier that it was cheaper. Like explain that one to me. Um, yeah, so we were looking and saw that, I mean, a lot of our friends have already been married and we're mm. talking about how they spent 20, 30, $40,000. And when we went to their weddings, it, I mean, we had a great time. I don't want to knock on everybody's <laughs> wedding, but I just felt like that you weren't getting a lot of bang for your buck. Um, and we were able to spend roughly the amount of the same amount as what they did. But when we were done with this experience, there were so many people that came up to us and just said, you know, this was a vacation, a trip that I will never forget. It was memorable to me. And I I think that was kind of a big thing for us is we wanted it to be not only memorable for ourselves, but for our guests as well. And uh, to have is to have all that was pretty awesome. And I I will say that being um, somebody who did a lot of the financial planning, you know, with Dayton, of course, um, but I, I was working really closely with our wedding coordinator that the venue provided, and she was local to the area, and she had a lot of friends that, of course, were also local who own their own businesses, and she made things happen for us. Um, so when we say that it was less expensive, we were able to, you know, do a welcome party, and um, she was able to call in a lot of favors. Someone went and picked up my cake, uh, did all the stuff for either free or really low cost just out of the connections that she had. So I know you'll probably ask me this, but that's one thing that really helped out. Yeah. Like our lights and there there was a lot of like little things that we were able to get um, good discounts on, which was nice. nice. Yeah. That's awesome. In the destination wedding, you typically it's smaller. So you invite less people, which I think is probably also some of the reasons why it might cost less because you're not paying for 250 people drink, you're only paying for 50 or whatever it was. How did you decide what the cutoffs were as far as invitations go? That had to be, was that hard? Was that easy? What what was that like for the two of you to do that together? Well, number one, I would say people (laughs) (laughs) self-select. Like it automatically gets cut down, even if you invited everyone you knew. Um, but the way that, that we did it is I tiered all of our invites out. So I did a first tier with, uh, friends and family. And then we looked at, you know, okay, well, who should be in the second tier? Who are the people that we'd really love there, but aren't like best friends and family. And so we actually tiered them out and gave them different RSVP by dates. <laughs> so okay. that's how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Dayton, you, you just like, you went along with that or, I mean, Hallie's a great planner. So I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty to just say, Hey, go ahead and do it. But w- was that good for you as well? Yeah. I mean, it took a little back and forth. Uh, I know that she would kind of skirt, skirt the rules a little bit and try to throw a few of her extra people on where I'm like, look, I got a big family. You've got a lot of friends, you know, I'd like to have a few of my friends there, but you know, it, it was, uh, it was a process. I'll say that it was a lot of back and forth, but like she said, I think it worked pretty well where we, we had our first cut of people that 
we really wanted to try to make it. And like she was saying, people were wide-eyed and oh, maybe we can't make that. So then we ultimately went to our second round and started bringing people in from there. That's pretty smart. I, I love that as a tip for people uh, as they're going, they're playing the same thing. I think that's awesome. So run the run through the week, right? You had a wedding week. It wasn't just like the day of, like so many times that we go to weddings, it's like we show up half an hour before the bride walks down the aisle and uh, that's all we know of the wedding. But you all, you know, there's typically a, a night before there's a, a uh, rehearsal dinner, those kind of things, but you all had like almost like a whole week of stuff that you planned out. Can you walk us through that week and what that looked like? Yeah, I'm uh, glad you asked. Um, so that was probably my favorite part. I, I don't know, Hallie probably liked getting married the most and that probably should be my answer, but I really enjoyed being able to kind of have a vacation beforehand. Um, and so we took about a week and a half and our whole thought process was going back to what I was saying about how we wanted people to have this experience. And a lot of times when you go into a wedding, you know, you don't know a ton of people. If you're really good, close with a person, you may know a few people, but ultimately there's family members or somebody on maybe the bride side or the groom side that you don't know um, to where it's hard to, alcohol helps, but it's hard to kind of get down and party with people you don't know. Especially so our, when there's, especially when there's 200, 300 people there too as well. Exactly. Yeah. And granted ours was, I think 55 people or so. Um, so a little more cozy, but it was nice um, that we were able to ask our wedding party to try to come down to Tamarindo beforehand, which is right along the, the West coast. It's a beach town, really <laughs> fun. And we wanted everybody to, to get to know each other. So her bridesmaids, um, my groomsmen, we all went out and surfed, scuba dived. We did like a, a catamaran, went out to dinner. Um, my parents ended up coming down there and her parents came down there. So pretty much our entire wedding party really got to intimately know each other and play fun beach games and stuff like that. So by the time the wedding came up, everybody was so comfortable with each other. And then um, when we ultimately came inland it was about a four and a half hour drive from tamarindo right. to mall where we got married so that was kind of the second week the second portion um just because you know the week of a wedding your mind is racing you have so much to do you have so much to coordinate um and so by the time we got inland i kind of wanted everyone to you know to have known each other a lot and so during the week of the wedding that was when we invited everyone every single wedding guest to um we did a welcome party at a taco place spectacular <laughs> and we just had live music and everyone had a great time and then the second day we did a big jungle activity where everyone went <laughs> tubing down nice. i think they were um up to class three rapids so we were all kind of um new to this so we were not expecting that but we we're all kind of nervous so we did that and of course in the rehearsal dinner and then the actual day of wedding so a lot of little mini events leading up to the wedding, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's the big thing is uh, letting everybody get comfortable with each other. So that way, when the wedding actually happens, everybody already knows each other. You know what what topics to avoid and stuff like that, and and just have a good time. Yeah, and did that is that what happened? Is that what was that a success? What you wanted to see happen? 
Yes, absolutely. Like just looking around, first of all, the first week in Tamarindo and seeing people that never met each other from our wedding party talking and laughing, you know, down, Mm -hmm. down the table, you just kind of look around and take it in and everyone from all walks of life are there getting to know each other. Very surreal. Yeah. And then at the wedding, of course, you know, there was no dull moment. I think, um, you know, we, we kicked off our open bar with Thunderstruck. So we all, we all played Thunderstruck, um, which is a drinking game. We haven't played it. Look it up. Uh, and after that, the open bar is open and everyone was dancing together. Again, all of our Camino friends, family, just people, again, from all walks of life. And it was it was really surreal. Yeah, I can imagine you two are in the process of, you know, colliding your own worlds. And so doing that beforehand was was a, a hyped up supercharged way to actually do that of actually bringing your two worlds together um, because you, you didn't grow up with the same friends and the same stuff as some people do. So I, I really like that sense of community. Um, I'm going to ask a question. You can uh, answer or not answer, but did your wedding party pay for all that to, to be a part of that? Or is that something you all helped with to make it happen or how'd that work? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, mm-hmm. so for the wedding itself, obviously we covered everything. Um, but to come down for the, the pre, the pre vacation party thing, um, we asked that they all, you know, pay their own way. And we tried to, um, coordinate a lot in terms of what is everybody comfortable with affording in terms mm-hmm. of place. Cause we wanted everybody to stay in the same house. Um, so we did a lot of compromising of what is it that people feel comfortable doing? Um, just like the tubing thing, we were really trying to get a gauge of who's comfortable with, with doing these and everybody, um, try to try to pay your own way. But obviously the wedding was, was all us. And, and I would also say that we, we visited Costa Rica a year before, um, another big learning, if you are planning a destination wedding nice. and I put together a, a whole document on ways to actually go to Costa Rica on a budget. So things you can do to save money. Um, and then all of our activities, we recommended them. They were definitely not necessary or mandated by us to attend even the week of the wedding, um, the wedding party in Tamarindo, where we all got together at the beach. They're all just like, Hey, you can come if you want to, or, you know, or not totally fine if you don't want to do that. So, yeah. And your response, everybody figured it out, or did you have to substitute uh, wedding party members because of it? Um, Everyone figured it out. We did not substitute anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Why was this so important to you all to do this? To have this time beforehand, I think we kind of talked about a little bit, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more of your reasons why it was so important to have that time with those people as well as doing the destination wedding itself. So um, one thing is that, you know, travel is a big part of our life and Mm -hmm. we want to bring that to everyone and share that love for travel and experience with all of the closest people around us, because, you know, our marriage, of course, we're celebrating each other, but we're also celebrating our passions and what we want out of life with everyone. So you know, there's, there's that. And what was the response from those people that, that attended? What, how did, did they 
get that? Did they understand that? I mean, as a teacher, we talk about a hidden curriculum, right? We have a, we have what we teach and what we hope the kids get. So, so was this, this having, you know, wanting folks to experience this, did you see fruits of doing it that way? There's a couple different examples, but one person, um, we had tried to bring people. So another event that happened was zip lining and there was like a bungee swing that was available. And, uh, there was one gal that she was pretty nervous to do the bungee swing. Uh, she'd been zip lining before, but bungee swing, it's more of an extreme activity. Sure. And there was a, a group of us that went and I was like, you know, you can, you can do this with us. And she was hesitant, but she went and she said, you know, I would have never done this. And I'm so happy that I did um, just trying to get a different experience. Some of that adrenaline rush that she's not familiar with. There was another person uh, that even said, you know, everybody in my family is very uh, calculated. And I just assumed that that's who I was as well, but maybe I'm a little bit more of an adrenaline junkie than I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, another person, I think she had mentioned it had never been outside of the country before, but just said, this has been so great, um, you know, looking to looking forward to trying to travel again to some other country. Uh, awesome. We had another friend that met up with Kylie, who we met on the Camino. So two people that had never met before and had such a good time at the wedding together that uh, they ended up traveling, I think, for another two, three weeks over in Costa Rica after our wedding was done. Wow. So our our purpose of you know, getting people a little bit outside of their comfort zone, trying to experience something new. Maybe it's adrenaline, maybe it's travel, um, maybe it's art, who knows what it is, but uh, just having people go and experience something different and, and building relationships and that community aspect. I, I think we definitely achieved that. We were so excited with the responses that people people gave us. Yeah. And, and Dayton says, you know, oh, that was maybe Hallie's favorite part of the wedding was getting married, but I would say it's the culmination of everything and seeing everyone's reaction um, and providing that experience to everyone that that was really rewarding. That's awesome. I think that is just absolutely so cool that that happened. Uh, no wedding comes off perfect. Is there anything in particular with hosting a destination wedding that you didn't expect that kind of threw your, a wrench into your plans or or wasn't the best outcome that you'd like to have seen? Um, honestly, a lot of the stuff that quote unquote went wrong was so little. I mean, mm. I, I, I heard from a lot of people, you know, stuff will go wrong. Stuff will not go as expected, but no one's going to really remember it. And no one's going to know what went wrong except you and maybe the people closest to you. And so I went into my wedding, you know, with that in mind. And I know Dayton probably was just happy to be there where <laughs> <laughs> he was having a ball, but, um, you know, being the person who really managed a lot of logistics and all of the details, you notice when something's off, right? So you're running right. around like the light strand is flickering weird, or <laughs> the cake didn't have the fillings that we wanted, or, you know, our, our timing was off. So we were really rushed. And we didn't get to do our first look where we really wanted to do it, mm -hmm. but it's like all these little things don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So um, nothing honestly went horribly wrong. I had a, a backup plan for backup plan. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean, the timing was a little rushed. I 
I didn't even know I was supposed to be walking down the aisle. You know, the music was playing for a little bit. Nobody noticed, but that was one thing. <laughs> um, but in terms of like for destination stuff, it was tough. I had my best man um, that was supposed to be coming down. Uh, he kind of gave reasons that were like, oh, you know, I don't have enough money to go without necessarily saying that. Um, and so I ended up having to use my dad, which ultimately was a great choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a monkey wrench that maybe somebody doesn't have, but I think having a destination wedding made it a little bit harder. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody else has this on their bucket list at a destination wedding, what would be like the one thing and you both can answer this, what would be the one thing that you would say, Oh, if you're going to do this, you have to, what you have to blank. You have to go there first. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to go visit the spot first, maybe meet your coordinator, get an idea of what it's like there. Is it safe? Is there fun stuff to do? And, you know, provide those recommendations to your guests beforehand so people can plan their own experience out of it that would be my recommendation um i think <laughs> i i come from more of a finance side of things so whether you do just a regular wedding or a destination wedding just really be cognizant of your budget uh it goes so fast and even though it was cheaper down there for certain things certain things were more expensive and like I had said at the beginning, we ended up spending just as much as we would have been here, but I think we did have a lot, lot fancier stuff and it was pretty cool um, what our experience was. Um, so just making sure that you are cognizant of your budget and knowing what things you really want to splurge on and which ones you, you don't want to splurge on. Yeah, go on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> for for Costa Rica, there there was a Facebook marketplace for Costa Rica, or just well, like you know, you buy stuff. People buy new stuff all the time for weddings and this that. You can you reuse so much stuff from Facebook Marketplace, like reserve signs for your seats and stuff that no one really will ever remember that you. Right. So we did a lot of that. Well, having having friends that have been married before you, yeah. if they have stuff that they bought that they kept, you know, you can sometimes just borrow it for the event. I know sure. Hallie's really good about recycling things. And so we had several things that she either bought and then resold afterwards or, um, made. you know, <laughs> were made or borrowed from one of her friend's weddings that we just used and then gave it back after we were done. So, so as a destination wedding, did you ship all that stuff? Did you get an extra suitcase and put it all in there? How, how'd that work? Having a Alaskan, um, credit card helps because you get your check bags for free and okay, then there you, go. you have guests that are going um if they've got an extra bag being able to pawn a few of those off so i think we had nice. four or five bags and we had two or three people actually help us take it all down there yeah <laughs> great solution awesome so you two are definitely uh, adventurous, go out and do stuff. So I'm going to ask you, you can, you can answer this as a couple, or you can also answer and answer as individuals if you'd like, but what's the next thing on your bucket list? Obviously it's, you know, it's going to be different than getting married because you've done that. So what's the next thing on your bucket list as a couple and as, as individuals? Um, so in about two weeks, we are actually moving states, which will be my first time ever moving. Wow. So um, that's going to be a really big, big one for my personal bucket list. And then together, 
uh, having a kid. That's kind of the next huge thing, <laughs> huge, huge life change that we're going to be going through yeah. together. That's that definitely an adventure, let me tell you. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, definitely. We're shooting for a kid. We'll see how that goes. Maybe two. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> don't um, argue. You're newlyweds. Don't argue on the show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've already moved a few times. I used to live in Seattle, where you're up at, and then lived in Hawaii and now Oregon, and then almost near Idaho. So I moved a lot. But uh, for me, um, every five years, we like to try to take a, a month off to go do some kind of trip. Uh, so last year was the Camino and it was supposed to be in 2020, but, uh, obviously the pandemic put a hold on that. So that was our, our month trip before and our next one, which should be coming up, I guess, in 2026, I guess, uh, something like that. It's always, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, but to try to do a a road trip around the U S, um, fun trip. So You you can hit all 50 in 30 days. That's, that's a lot. I just want to hit some of the highlights. I, I'd be really happy with like <laughs> 12 states, but we'll see. Yeah. I know somebody did all 50 in eight days. So oh my gosh. yeah, it's a little nutty, but yeah, you can do it. You're almost done with yours. You only got two left, right? Two left. Yeah. I got two more Alaska and some other weird public place, but anyways, um, so happy you guys were able to, to come and do this. So thankful to have you here uh, sharing this. It's such a cool story. I love the community aspect of doing this destination wedding. I think that's awesome. I want to let my listeners know that this isn't the last time you're going to hear Hallie and Dayton. They will be uh, turning the tables of the mic here in a couple minutes. And we are going to record next week's episode uh, where they're going to interview me and I'm going to be the guest. So... um, excited for that and uh, looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys doing that. I thank you so much for being here, guys. It's been awesome. Thanks for having us. Really nice to be here. Thank you. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. 